Hey CJ, is that Gahooligan's promo ready yet? Sure is, PB. You want to hear it? Yeah. Hello, Owlets. I can hear your beaks churring with the who's, the why's, and other forbidden questions about Catherine Lasky's Guardians of Gahool. Join us, the Gahooligans, twice every dwanking in the great blue yonder for some glocks given spronk, some laughter therapy, and some subglossious ransacking of literary merit. Okay, I only understood about a third of that, and did you use an owl swear in there? No. You didn't do the assigned reading? No, that's your job, CJ. I'm just here for the owl facts. Well, we'll have to work on your vocabulary. I guess you'll have to teach me every other week on Gahooligans. Only on the Moonshot Network. And welcome back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your other host, Jane. And we're your favorite podcast, all about the books of Rick Riordan. Today, we're continuing The Blood of Olympus. How are you today, Jane? I, I'm i doing pretty good. Uh, I, I could use some Blood of Olympus. I, I had to get some blood samples taken today. Oh, no. Uh, so I've been kind of tired and grumpy ever since that happened. Jane, I have to say... <laughs> You you've been telling me stuff that's been going on with you today. I I I'm like impressed that you're still conscious. <laughs> I got I got blood samples taken. I moved to the other side of the country. Uh, I wrote the summaries. I'm 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 thriving. I'm living. A stranger called me mom earlier, and that's what I'm trying to cling to. They called you mom. As as in like mom, as in madam, as in M A apostrophe A M. Oh, okay, okay, I see. <laughs> Not the other thing, that would be really weird. I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> the, the the MILF energy rating off of you. <laughs> How are you, Jacqueline? I'm doing okay. I impulse got my ears pierced today. Uh, Fuck yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it cost a lot of money, but that, it was fun. I impulse bought like four gunplay and that cost a lot of money. So, you know, we're, we're both doing our things. We're both, we're, we're the same in many ways. <laughs> and then I went and saw a, uh, a, a little art gallery that was in like a local uh, like sex shop. Oh, nice. It was from like a local artist. One of the pieces was just like, here are all the different lubes that people have used throughout the year, the centuries. <laughs> Ranging from like saliva being the first one. Oh, uh-huh olive oil like there was one that was like japanese that was like a pounded yam like they use pounded yam in japan apparently for a while but don't you need to lube up to pound the yam it seems kind of paradoxical oh god um uh and there a different one called a tribute to john waters which was just a framed poppers bottle <laughs> i really like that uh so I'm, no tasteful I'm not... nudes from the artist mm-hmm uh, there might have been one that was like kind of a self-portrait. I'm not sure. It's kind of abstract. Hmm. You know, that's good. That works. I think I'd buy that. Probably. I don't <laughs> well, they're like four hundred <laughs> to eight hundred dollars. So I probably I would buy not buy that. I would not buy that. Probably. <laughs> uh, that's that's like as, as much as you spend on gunpla in two months. <laughs> you could imagine how many gunpla you could buy with that. That's that's so much complete. I could get like I could get like a perfect grade for that much. God. Anyway, <laughs> I, what are we talking about? Uh, anyway, Rick Ryden, I think. I think so. Shall we just get right into the summaries then? We shall. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Chapter thirty-three. Leo. The Argo two limps into port at Mykonos, where Leo fixes much of the damage from the storm as he can. The kids take a breather and eat some ice cream and discuss the next move. The island Pelos, home of Artemis and Apollo, is just across the water, and they need three people to go. Leo volunteers immediately, and also volunteers Frank and Hazel to come with him. He says he has an idea he needs to bounce off the gods, but he doesn't tell the kids or the reader what this is. The trio arrive on Delos, and Hazel announces that there's a weird lack of ghosts on the island, as apparently mortals were forbidden from being born or dying on the island, since it was the sacred ground as the birthplace of Apollo and Artemis. 
The two gods are waiting for them, Apollo miserably strumming on a ukulele while Artemis does some carving. Apparently the pair of them are unaffected by the Greco-Roman schism while in their birthplace, which is why they're hiding out here. Apollo is also especially hiding out here because Zeus is absolutely furious with him, for giving Octavian his blessing to make the Roman legion strong again. Apollo claims that he's completely innocent and has been hoodwinked because the Augur is in league with Gaia, although Artemis accuses Apollo of having openly treacherous ambitions at taking the throne of Olympus for himself, if Octavian had done as he promised, which is something he apparently has form for doing. Apollo also mentioned that Gaia has raised his old enemy Python, who has taken over the oracle at Delphi, cutting off his prophecy powers. When the kids tell him they want the recipe for the physician's cure, he refuses, saying Zeus would kill him for, once again, handing out a cure for death. Artemis berates him, however, and he eventually agrees to bargain for the cure, but only one-on-one with Leo. Chapter 34, Leo. Leo explains his big plan to Apollo, but again, not the reader. Apollo tells him it may work, but he's definitely going to die in the process. While this is happening, Leo has been fidgeting with some crap from his tool belt and has assembled a brand new type of instrument, which is apparently better than a ukulele. Apollo is so impressed that he offers to trade Leo the cure for the instrument, or at least he can offer him the location of his son, Aslepius, who is the one who actually knows how to make it, and a guarded temple Zeus dumped him in so he'd stop resurrecting people. He also offers Leo one of the ingredients, the Curse of Delos, which turns out to be a kind of flower. Leo meets back up with Hazel and Frank, who tell him that Artemis has been keeping an eye on Camp Artblood, and knows that Octavian has brought in a bunch of onagers he can use to level the place, at which point all the monsters in his army will turn on him, wiping out the demigods totally. At this point, Leo tells the two what his plan is. Again, we don't hear it, but Hazel and Frank are horrified. However, as Leo expected, the two Roman campers understand the necessity of sacrifice and promise to help Leo with his plan. Chapter 35, Leo. The Argo follows Apollo's directions to Aslepius' prison, and after opening the big mechanical door, Leo goes in with Piper and Jason. It turns out to be an ancient doctor's office, although for some reason Jason can't read the signs that indicate as such, guarded by a big evil statue of Hygieia with a robot snake. She attacks, and unfortunately, no matter how many times they try to kill her, she's able to reassemble herself. Piper and Jason distract them long enough for Leo to program the two into idiot mode, where they just kind of stumble around and bump into things, and the trio progress to Aslepius' office. Chapter 36, Leo. Aslepius is a kindly old doctor who can do the super genius doctor thing of instantly diagnosing your problems. He figures out that Jason is short-sighted and gives him some glasses, tells Piper how to soothe her sore shoulder from getting whacked with a sandbag at the end of Mark of Athena, and takes one look at Leo and concludes that this kid is absolutely fucking dead, although he doesn't say this out loud, merely reacting in a way that really worries Jason and Piper. Instead, he mixes them up the physician's cure, despite his reservations about maybe getting smoked by Zeus again for raising the dead, although these are smoothed over by Piper's charm speak. Back on the Argo, the kids have another meeting, where Leo nominates Piper to hold on to the cure. However, when handing it to her, part of Leo's plan springs into action. Hazel magically obscures that Leo never handed her the cure, and nobody else at the table is any the wiser. Later that night, Leo tips the real cure into the inner workings of the Argo too, for mysterious reasons. So, Jacqueline, what did you think of these chapters? Good work in the summaries. I Thank thought you. these were good. Uh, love to be back with Leo, and love to have maybe one of the biggest mysteries in the entire series so far solved. Interesting. I may be dumb, but I'm not entirely sure what you're referring to by that. Uh, why did that one art we saw depict Jason wearing glasses? Oh, yeah. Fuck, that did happen, didn't it? Yeah. We were like, why are they making him wear glasses? It's weird. And it turns out that he's he's really entering his nerd era. He's quitting the military. He's becoming a priest. He's getting glasses. He's getting the new, like, circle frames. I, I, I personally uh, am an advocate of cat's eye uh, uh, lenses. I think those look the best. Those are good. Those are good. They got the they got the librarian classic flair. This is what people keep saying I look like. <laughs> and that's awesome. <laughs> I, I I thought these were good. How about you? I I I enjoyed these. I think I, I my all of my negative feelings about them come down to the fact that they're kind of dense and that makes them a pain in the ass to summarize. Uh huh. That's fair. <laughs> But yeah, I enjoyed them. Yeah, Rick Riordan really mastered sort of the, like, making a chapter actually mean something, you know? I, I has, has he mastered this, or has he just gotten back to doing it after all the chapters in House of Hades were like five pages long and we're just like, Piper tells you a story? I, hmm. Yeah, that's I, the I problem. 
right? <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. Just reading all these books has sort of muddled the brain. Uh huh. They give you they give you brain poison for sure. Absolutely. Um, Leo is well. Leo is just sort of uh, having a really successful death wish journey. Leo is so fucking dead. Uh huh. Like these chapters, like send him on a little quest with Frank and Hazel where they can like they can show that they're friends and all the love triangle shit has been resolved and they like bonded and grown together and then he gets one last ride with the lost hero crew he's fucking dead (laughs) it's oh my god the every single moment they spend together is so tense because like he knows it right Mm. he and he is like constantly thinking about it and it's coloring how he's talking to people uh, and ever and his friends can sense it as well, right? Like there's some, especially when, uh, especially when the god of knowing everything wrong about you looks at you and says, "Oh, that's not good." <laughs> he look, looks at Leo visibly pales and starts like handing him stuff about hospice treatment, more or less. God, yeah. Uh, and Leo has. I want to talk, what's his plan here, do you think? Like, we should, because that, that that's sort of a big thing in this chapter, is, like, he has a plan. What do you think it is? I, I don't know. Apollo mentions something about, like, it, it is related to, like, what he was talking about before, where it's like, oh, yeah, a previous primordial god, Oranos, was, like, defeated by dragging him out of his domain, and that seems to be what Leo's doing. But I don't have the first idea what, I just now gained an idea of what it could be, actually, thinking about what happens in these chapters. Go ahead. Which is something I didn't mention in the summaries, is that uh, Leo gets into the uh, the doctor's office, basically, by, like, using a big grabber arm on the Argo to, like, rotate a door, like a big door that they go into. Mm-hmm. I wonder if his plan is literally to just, like, grab Gaia with the fucking, with the grabber arm and drag her into the sky. Maybe. <laughs> Well, it's interesting because Leo only seems to have formed his plan based off of what Jason said, right? This is true, yeah. What what Jason said and apparently what Nike's been telling him, which we don't really learn about exactly. Nike Nike's been telling him some shit, but we get we get the important thing here, which is like Nike told the the uh group of kids at the uh who went to retrieve her that one of them was going to die. Leo knows from the Prophecy of the Seven that either him or Jason is going to die, and the only crossover there is him. Yeah, we, this is the math that we did, right? We talked yeah. about this like a couple of episodes ago. And Leo is, unlike Jason, is able to do math. So, well, Jason wasn't there, and I, I think maybe just like nobody told him what happened. Probably true, probably true. Like the other ones would just be like, oh, one of this, she's saying that one of us is going to die, whatever, we hear this shit every week. Yeah, yeah. Um... And he's sort of like, it seems like, I think you're right that Jason was in the mode of like, I am going to sacrifice myself a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it feels like Leo has looked at that and said, fuck no, I'm going to be the one to sacrifice myself. No, I'm going to die tragically. No, I'm going to die tragically. Fuck you. It's the fuck, It's the confrontation between the Jetok brothers all over again. God, Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, it seems like what this is building up to, what this is going to come down to is, like, both of them dying. Mm-hmm. And one of them having to be revived. With the, with the physician's cure that they, oh, wait, Leo fucking... <laughs> Which is, Leo now What controls. is he up to? I don't... What was he cooking? What was he cooking? Because it's not like he's keeping it on himself. In fact, I'm not really sure here. He puts it into Festus. And, like, puts a talks about time... it being, like, distributed, like, throughout the Argos inner workings. It, it sounds like he's, like, sends it, f- like, deep into the ship. Uh, like, to, to hide it or maybe to be, like, launched at a, out of a cannon at some point. I just um, I just hit my chair and that wouldn't have come through on the Discord, but I just realized what it is. What? Which is that I think I it must have been, like, back in Lost Hero where, like, uh, Leo, like, was was listening to some shit about, like, like, you know, stuff breaks, it has to be reused, and he thinks that that will even apply to, like, the boat that he has to build. Yeah. And I wonder if he's given the physician's cure to Festus to, like, turn him back into a big bronze dragon. And he's gonna, Ooh. like, shed the Argo like a fucking cocoon or something. That's fucking cool, first of all. <laughs> um, I, 
I wonder, right? I, I think that... And the... the because the other twist on this is that Leo then sets a timer where after 24 hours, it's a little bit ambiguous, but either after 24 hours, Festus is going to use, uh, like, uh, use in some way the physician's cure or mm -hmm. is going to turn around and go back to Ojigia. Hmm. Yeah. Be because we get him punching the coordinates, setting a 24 hour timer, saying it'll go off after that but we don't know exactly what's going to happen at that point. That's true. It might just be like Leo knows he's going to die. So he's saying Festus like go and get Calypso for him. I don't know. There's a good chance. Yeah. Like giving and giving him the cure so that he can survive that journey, mm. which would be kind of a bleak Leo sacrifices all of it. Like one of his friends probably will die, but you know, at least Festus will live. <laughs> I know that this is, this isn't where it's gonna go because it's it's just not really that kind of series, but there is a really like sickos part of me that kind of wants uh, the the conclusion to this to be that like some somehow Leo has figured out that like it has to be Jason and he kind of has to arrange things to make that happen, and he also knows that everyone will fucking hate him if they know that's what he's doing. Yeah, and he's kind of like moving moving the chess pieces in the background. Hmm. And we know that's not what's happening because, like, we we like see his interiority and we see that he is thinking, like, I'm fucked, I'm gonna die. Yeah. But there, there, there is there is a there is a more fucked up version of this series where that happens, and I would like that. I think. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's almost a reading you could do of that being what's happening, but I don't think it's quite mm. quite that. Um, oh God, Jane. Hello. The, there's a lot of good hello. Uh, there's a lot of good humor happening here too. Uh, Le mm. Always a thing that we're saying with Leo chapters, but uh, I love. I always feel like we have some absolutely stupid fucking bullshit uh, culturally <laughs> relevant uh, thing to reference, but Apollo doing the ukulele sadness song. Oh my god! I didn't even connect those dots. <laughs> He goes on video with the with the ukulele to apologize for trying to overthrow Zeus, and it's only the second worst ukulele apology video ever made. <laughs> oh God, yeah. He talks about how like tan and fit he is uh, <laughs> while apologizing. Maybe that's why they named it that. He is apologizing. Oh <laughs> uh, my God, it's it's an art form, right? He presides over the art form. <laughs> Uh, Artemis and Apollo are in a sorry way uh, for <laughs> they're just kicking rocks on this island waiting to die <laughs> yeah basically they've discovered a loophole where if they're at the place they were born they don't have to fucking like dissociate uh, and which is interesting I wonder why none of the other gods can do that seemingly I might be misremembering the myth here, but does this mean that if Aphrodite climbed back inside Zeus's dick, that would mean that uh, she she would be no longer insane? I now, Jane, I understand what you're saying. Uh huh. However, also, I I think it kind of varies here. I think Aphrodite, in generally in the this canon, is more of a uh sort of child of like uh Uranus and Gaia, if I remember. That's true. Yeah. No, she that that is mentioned. Um, the seafoam and all that. Um, uh -huh. But if we're defining like the place you were born as just like balls, just like semen, then I think we're gonna have to go to like a lot of people can could that could be said for not just no, Aphrodite. I, I must be remembering something. I swear to God that there was a, a thing about Aphrodite's origin where she, like fully formed, climbed out of Zeus's dick or something. I might be. What are you wrong. talking about? Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to fucking look this up. Now. I guess so. There's, there's a weird energy here. We're recording late. <laughs> uh, origins. Uh, those are historical. <laughs> oh, this is what I'm thinking of. According to the version of her birth recounted by Hesiod in his Theogony, Cronus severed Uranus's genitals and threw them into the sea. The foam from his genitals gave rise to Aphrodite, hence her name. That's what I was thinking of. Yes, yeah, that's true. Uh, we, 
we were circling around the same thing, but you said that she crawled fully formed out of <laughs> Zeus's dick. So I had to, I had to, I think you're conflating <laughs> Athena crawling fully formed out of Zeus's head with that. That's it. That's what I'm getting confused. You're a special creature, Jane. <laughs> Many people say this about me. Athena could just like chisel a hole in there and crawl back in, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. I Zeus, Zeus, I don't think has a lot in there. No. Yeah, but they are like, they're just like being sad teens about it for the most part. Um, Which is very funny <laughs> considering that they're thousands of years old. Yeah, Apollo looks all of 17 years old. He's basically saying, like, oh, woe is me. I'm about to go through the trials. Uh, (laughs) Artemis just, like, looks bored, like, listening to him play his songs all day. Artemis is just fucking, like, Skyping the hunters, basically. Uh Like, she's fine. She is fine. She's she's a lot more fine than Apollo. We should talk about, like, the setup going on here, I guess. Yeah, as in, like, the setup that he's got where he's just, like, on an island with a ukulele. Or... Well, that's set up, but also uh, the setup for his book series that's about to happen. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Apollo Apollo was doing some treachery. Because <laughs> we're coming out of... We're coming out of a context in which we know that there is a book series that comes after this one called The Trials of Apollo. Uh, and here Apollo is, like... Well, I did a lot of things. I hope Zeus isn't too mad at me. Yeah, I, I hope he doesn't put me through the trials. <laughs> God, it's I. I'm I'm happy that we've got like into God politicking and backstory. It feels like it's been a while since we've gotten any of this stuff. Yeah, like like off the top of my head, the the most recent example I can think of is Poseidon and Zeus feuding and fucking lightning thief. There was, you know, there. There hasn't been a lot of it. You're right. Um, we get like minor squabbles between the gods, but mm-hmm. nothing like so this, big as this. But this is Apollo being like, ooh, I could overthrow Zeus maybe. Yeah, literally. This is Apollo siding with Octavian because Octavian says, hey, I could make you the new king god. <laughs> and and Apollo is doing like, he's like, he would be cry typing. He's doing like, oh, I'm, I'm just such a, I'm, I'm a little guy. I was just, it, it was just my birthday. And I just, you know, I didn't really mean anything by it. I, who wouldn't take the chance, you know? God, he's, he's such a, he's such a scumbag. Yeah. Like he's, he's like the kids asking for help and he's like, oh, that sounds hard. If I just kill you, it might make you feel better. It might make me feel better, sorry. Yeah, he he's absolutely a scumbag. And <laughs> more than that, he is like he's pathetic and he is he's the kind of character who I guess like I would be interested in seeing how this character grows because right now he feels kind of flat in a way that is I guess interesting to me in the idea of him becoming a main character. Yeah, I can this is this is this is a guy who is ripe for a satisfying character arc where he becomes less of a piece of shit. Yeah. Which isn't really the kind of character arc we've and we probably, you know, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but that's not really the kind of character arc we've gotten with P- Percy or Leo or anyone. Yeah, no, I, the 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 kids that we've been following so far have like they've had their foibles, but they've all been basically sympathetic. Sorry, I'm realizing I said Leo instead of Jason. Uh, I I think I just transposed Leo on when I was like, who's the main character of Heroes of Olympus? Probably Leo. (laughs) I mean, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I could see it. I I think you could make that argument. It's it's sure as shit is not Jason. It's not Jason in a really interesting way, (laughs) in a way that continues to be interesting. Yeah, I, 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 know. I like, I like that he's kind of introduced in Lost Hero as like, kind of like, you know, r- the Roman equivalent of Percy, and then he's gone on to just be like doing completely different shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me see. Leo's like ploy here. He he invents. Is this really just a new instrument he invents? I don't. I think it's just like several smaller instruments just kind of smashed together, and Apollo is so stupid that he buys it. And Leo is so egotistical that he believes that it's a new instrument. It kind of feels like he has invented, like, synths. (laughs) And Apollo just has never decided to, like, think about computer music before. This this is untrue. We know he has an iPod. That's true. He hasn't (laughs) thought about, like, 
using the iPod to make music. This is true. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's the Valdezinator is what he calls it. It's the Valdezinator. It's, it's an awful name. It's really bad. He keeps he keeps saying like, oh, we should they should have called the catapults the Valdezapults or something. Uh, he's really like he's looking to leave his legacy behind. I oh god, he is. <laughs> oh, that's actually kind of sad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> God, this gets sad too. Leo, Leo really knows how to be a bit, bit sad. He says uh, to Frank, um, like after they, okay, after like uh, he sort of lets Frank and Hazel know about his plan. Like Frank is like about to cry, uh, and uh, like he, he says like, hey, you know, like you, you, I'm really counting on you. Like your dad said you would have to step up. You know, you're, you're the one who's gonna really make it in the end and tells hazel like uh my great granddad sammy saw how special you were he blessed me when i was a baby because i think somehow he knew you were going to come back and help me our whole lives you know amiga they've been leading up to this and it's really just sweet like in a way that leo rarely is it yeah it is it is some some extremely rare leo sincere posting which i really like yeah yeah definitely and it also just it feels like he is doing the thing of like giving away all his shit before he dies right <laughs> he's doing uh, the cheryl blossom season one of riverdale oh god yeah yeah i i can see he's he's definitely like written a will right uh-huh probably when to be delivered uh, maybe that's what the 24 hour timer is for <laughs> it just pops up he dies and everyone is devastated and then like three minutes later just like a little drawer on the Argo like pops open with his will in it. It's like hey suckers but you thought you still heard the last of me it's Leo back for one more thing. Oh or like a hologram of him comes up that he recorded on Buford. Oh uh, yeah that would be that would be a cool payoff to Buford's entire role in this book being running around with the coach hedge hologram. Uh-huh. Um should we talk about, about a sleepius? We should. I am a sleepius right now. <laughs> You're Asclepius. Uh, that's cute. Uh, so Asclepius is... The thing with him is that he figured out how to revive people, was killed for it, but then was Apollo made a deal with Zeus. Like, hey, you know, make him the god of medicine and he won't do it again. Uh, and now he is, like, being forced against his will. He's being fucking mind-controlled by these kids into doing it again. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, it is. It's because he's like, oh, man, you know, it's a bad idea for me to do this. You know, if while he's doing it and like, oh, Zeus will definitely kill me again. So why am I doing it? And then Piper just like lays on some more charm speak and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm fine doing this, actually. Uh, yeah. This poor fucker. They, you know, I guess there's something to be said for, you know, sacrifice whatever you have to. Mm. Uh, to even if it's just some fucking doctor, like the world's best doctor. <laughs> The world's best doctor who has given you some uh, prescription glasses and uh, some really helpful advice on your sore shoulder. Sore shoulder, fuck. I really like just, like, Jason getting glasses, honestly, as a beat. I think that really does just, like, like we were saying earlier, it just makes his, like, he's changing from the big buff, like, Roman soldier man uh, into just, like, more of his own self, I guess. Yeah, it's just like, it's just like, a th I like it as like, it throws off his profile from big buff Roman soldier man in a way that is like, it's it's not just like him changing his look or something. It's like, this is something that he needed. Like he needed to change from this in a, in a neat way that I, I think. Absolutely. It is also very funny to me that the uh, Jason needs glasses foreshadowing starts one fucking chapter before it becomes relevant. Wait, I didn't even catch it. What was it? Uh, it's when they're like walking into the office. Uh, they uh, Leo like reads out uh, the the sign that says like the doctor oh. is incarcerated, and Jason is like, I can't fucking read that from here. Yeah, wait, that's really funny. I didn't even connect that. Speaking of signs, can we talk about all of uh, Asclepius's uh, uh, titles? We can, yeah. So we've got MD, DMD, DME, DC, DVS, FAAN, OMG, EMT, talk, uh, TTYL, FRCP, ME, IOU, OD, OT, PHARMD, BAMF, RN, PHD, INC, SMH. 
<laughs> now, you know that Rick Ryden was like he was reading one of those uh, articles for like for parents with like kids with phones that are like, what is your kid saying? Find out what all these acronyms mean, and he just like stuck all of them into this. Rick Ryden continuously trying to speak, trying to sneak uh, swear words into this by calling Asclepius a badass motherfucker. It's it's that, and I think uh, like earlier in these chapters, Leo just says like, "Oh yeah, Zeus is really PO'd at you, right?" Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I don't even I appreciate know what you, Rick mean. Ryden. Is OD just overdose? <laughs> don't go to that doctor. Yeah, I'm a beer. This 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 guy sounds like he has spent like the past few thousand years where he's not been allowed to have any patients, just like racking up like uh mail-in degrees from like fake universities in colorado or something it seems like it would fit his character a little bit <laughs> i mean you've already cured death what else are you gonna do with your time yeah yeah i guess that's true the idea that's painted here of this like this city that is just a giant hospital honestly is really cool to me this is like one of the cooler settings i think we've gotten in a little bit even though it does end up kind of just being like big room uh like, it's very much, it's like the Mines of Moria in Lord of the Rings, but like, this is the great underground dwarf city, and it's just a room full of fucking pillars. Basically, right. <laughs> but from above, from like outside of it, it's cool as hell. They yeah. have to like puzzle out that this like, this thing that just like looks like the ruins of a temple is in fact a huge locking mechanism. Uh, and that's, I think that's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I also like that this is, um, it's kind of a cool inversion of, like, the thing that you usually get in this series, where it's like, here is a modern thing with some wacky Greek context applied to it, and there are so many touches uh, within this, this, like, hospital city that, like, here's an ancient Greek thing with, like, some wacky modern touches applied to it, like, uh, let me find this, there's, like, uh, strewn across the benches were old magazines, highlights for children, autumn, 20 BCE, Hephaestus TV Weekly. Aphrodite's latest baby bump. A, the magazine of Asclepius. Ten simple tips to get the most out of your leeching. I like these these wacky little magazines. I like that, first of all, how often is Aphrodite being pregnant? I guess a lot, probably. A lot, probably. Her and Ares are constantly rendezvousing. Uh -huh. Second of all, Asclepius having his own magazine makes me think of him as, like, a fucking Dr. Oz figure. Like he's yeah, just he's a Dr. Celebrity Phil. Do yeah, he's a Dr. Phil, too. He's just like... I, I don't trust this man medically. He thinks that leeches are, like, a thing that you should give people. Uh-huh. I mean, do, you, do you think it's going to be, like, revealed in this series that, like, it turns out that actually you can use magic leeches and it's fine? Probably not, right? Because then, like, I feel like if I was Rick Ryan writing that, I would worry that some kids would then try to use leeches. Probably. <laughs> uh, he, he doesn't want to get sued. Then again, he writes a series about children hitting each other with with weapons so who's to say yeah i know but like you you know you can get like a foam sword and hit your friend with that they'll probably be fine if you like put leeches on your friend they might fucking die will leeches kill your friend i don't know if that's you know actually i don't i don't know what a leech will do to you if it clamps onto you i just kind of assume it'll be bad and i don't want to i don't want to look it up because i don't want to see a picture of a leech on someone that's fair i think you can get like at least 20 leeches on you and be fine <laughs> out of the next episode of nature of the pods we're going to be testing this <laughs> i think you can get up to like 25 leeches sucking at the same time and probably be okay for a little while <laughs> after that you might not be okay i don't know i got one like tube of blood taken out of me and i've been out of sorts all day that's fair <laughs> how many leeches <laughs> take to kill a person <laughs> how many okay co from quora we're fucking my brother my brother and me now <laughs> oh god how many leeches does it require to suck human blood and cause dead um <laughs> so leeches vary a lot in size and appetite um looks like about 200 leeches is what you would need Okay, that's. I feel like it's pretty difficult to get 200 leeches on. But yeah. you'd have to be, like, trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, you would have to, like, you would have to really, like, make friends with those leeches. You would have to live in harmony with the ecosystem for a little bit. You are, you are climbing into a swamp naked and just, like, floating around for a few hours if that's what happens to you. And at that point, you deserve whatever you get. 
And of course, uh, we can't not talk about Hygieia, uh, the 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 goddess of fucking hygiene herself, who well, not not really herself, not really herself. This was not Hygieia. This was a statue of Hygieia, um, which is I just there's something to the idea of Zeus being so mad that he builds a statue of your daughter and he imprisons you and builds a statue of your daughter to kill anyone who tries to save you. <laughs> God, yeah, that is kind of a fucked up thing to do. That's some real psychological horror shit. Uh, it's even more fucked up to, like, turn your daughter into uh, a evil statue that shows that it's evil by, like, talking to you about the US healthcare system. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I almost asked if they had, like, localized this at all. They did not. I th- 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 the, joke, I get, the joke wouldn't really work, I guess. I guess not. Piper talking about fucking Medicare. Uh, that's so. That's so. That would have been so topical when this came out. I guess. I suppose so. It's a. It's a pretty good bit. Uh, just like Piper having to come up with bullshit jargon to distract her with, uh, while she tries to throw acid at all of them. <laughs> and I. I love the little detail of like Leo setting them to quote unquote idiot mode. Yeah, I like. I just I like hearing because the the apparently the backstory of this is that like Jason and Leo were like playing Mario Party on one of like Chiron's old consoles, uh, and like Leo got bored and re- reprogrammed it so that uh, there was an idiot mode that made the AI so terrible that it always lost, in like really stupid and hilarious ways. I think it was specifically Mario Party Six, which means yeah. that Chiron does have a GameCube. <laughs> Which I don't know why I just love. Like you think of like what would Chiron's old ca- console be? You think like maybe like a like a SNES, you know? Chiron uh, has a fucking Commodore sixty four, I think. But apparently he just has a GameCube. I I like. What if he was like a secret GameCube collector? <laughs> he has like all the Japanese exclusive GameCubes. He he collects Greek and Roman artifacts, also GameCubes. Uh huh. Well, they had ancient Roman. Uh, Ancient Roman uh, GameCubes, of course. I an ancient Roman GameCube is just a uh, Colosseum, but they build it square. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Man, it's fucked up to think that like, I'm pretty sure the GameCube was like, there there was less time between like the release of the GameCube and the release of this book than there is between the release of this book and us reading it. Is that true? <laughs> this book came out in what? Let me see. 2012, I think. I don't think that's true. 2014. Jesus. So. Okay, I might be wrong, actually. So 2014 to now is what? uh, Nine years? Nine years, yeah. And the GameCube was out in. Let me see. GameCube was from 2005. That'd have been like the Wii. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not quite like that. Uh, What's everyone's favorite games? What What do you think everyone likes to game with at Camp Half Blood? I was going to say the exact same thing as you. Like Annabeth likes playing like VR City Skylines. Yeah, yeah. She probably, I'm sure she also likes, well, does she, do you think she likes games like fucking Civilization and Hearts oh, of 100%. Iron or whatever? Oh, 100%. I think she, she is less into Hearts of Iron. I think she, she likes Civilization. She likes getting like all the little Greek philosophers and making them run around at her behest. Leo has 500 hours in Kerbal Space Program. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Jason, Jason's real class. He he likes. Uh, I I like the idea of Jason uh, enjoying just like a good RPG. I uh, my my vibe is that uh, Jason is like the most casual gamer you can imagine. He like he plays Bejeweled on his phone, and that's it. He, yeah, he plays Bejeweled <laughs> and maybe a few Pokemon's. Yeah. Frank likes Kirby. Yeah, I can see that. Piper, you get into like the weird stuff. Like Piper, you know, has like has like a dark gamer past. <laughs> you think so? I think maybe so. I I think I, maybe she. I remember she was she used to be the loser girl, right? This is true. My 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 vibe is definitely the like Piper has like she has Final Fantasy VII the PC version and she's like modded it with like a different translation mod to get like the the translation right. That seems uh, I, correct to me. Like, it's a game about eco-terrorism. She is a vegan on moral grounds. I feel like she would just vibe with that a lot. Probably, yeah. Not saying that all vegans are eco-terrorists, but... <laughs> but they should be. Uh, 
Percy is, uh, he's like a fighting game guy, right? Oh, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Although, is Percy too ADHD? Like, in his, his specific ADHD, <laughs> he can't commit to fighting games. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I th- you know what? I think he, he likes fighting games and he enjoys them a lot, but he only ever plays against the computer because he shit at them. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, he he can do Smash Brothers, but he can't do... Yeah. He, can't, he doesn't lab a thousand hours in fucking uh, Guilty Gear. The pro- I think the problem is that, like, he, he doesn't want people to, like, ask him to play with them, so, like, he... He will like take a switch to like the bottom of the ocean to be like solitary while he does it, uh, but then when he loses, he gets like so frustrated, he loses focus, like water gets at the switch. You know, Luke was fucking killing at Mortal Kombat. Oh, definitely, he was he was destroying Percy constantly. Like he and Clarice had like an like had like the the camp rivalry because they were both like, uh, they were both like the best at fighting games, but Luke was a little bit better. <laughs> Anyway, oh, fuck. who uh, have we not book, assigned? Uh, Hazel. Hey, well, Hazel doesn't Hazel's know what video games are. Hazel know must know what video games are by now, and I think she maybe she likes like har- like Harvest Moon. I think I my my grim prediction is that because Hazel is like she's from the forties and like doesn't have like any built up tolerance to like the the bullshit of the modern games industry. Uh, is I think that she would very easily get sucked down into like a free to play rabbit hole and be playing some dog shit like Overwatch or Destiny. Oh, probably. I mean, we like she's probably on Facebook games still. <laughs> oh, in 2014, 100%. She she spends a lot of time on Farmville. Oh my god, Farmville. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? The microtransactions aren't even a problem for her because she just like she mails them like gold bars that curse them. Yeah, and they die. Yeah. And, you know, it, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I think that's everyone. I think that's all of our gamers. I think that is, yeah. Nico. What is Nico? Nico's the hardcore gamer, right? Nico, 100, yeah. he's. I mean, he's. he doesn't have a social life. He spends most of it playing video games. He goes into the depths of Tears of the Kingdom and is like, this is just like, just like me for real. <laughs> no, he played Undertale and was like, this is just like me for real. No, you're right. Oh my god. <laughs> Nico would love Undertale. Holy shit. Nico oh. Nico is is on Tumblr blogging about the great the great gay representation in Undertale in 2015. God, that's awesome. <laughs> is Nico into Homestuck? I'm gonna say no, but I think it's just because he's from the '40s, and I think therefore, like the all of the like the video game based and programming humor kind of like goes over his head, and he kind of bounced off it and hasn't gone back to it since learning what that stuff is. I guess so, right? I guess we're assuming a level of competence from from Nico that we're not assuming from Hazel. Uh, although Nico's been around in the well, modern day a bit longer. Nico was stuck in the Lotus Hotel and Casino, I guess, which had video games, so he he probably would actually know what's going on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe he would get uh, into Homestuck off the back of Undertale. I don't know. It's possible. I, d- I just to sum this all up, I just love the line. Jason's eyes widened. Leo, this isn't Mario Party Six. <laughs> that, that's good. I I love when we can get to that level with these books. Yeah, it's it's just it's nice. We didn't get to see a lot of these three hanging out at Camp Half, but it was pretty much just in Quest for Buford, and it's just nice to know that they hung out. Yeah. Especially when Leo's about to fucking die. Definitely. Oh god. This is this is like the ultimate not Leo scumbag move, but like Leo like doing the thing that he knows will everyone will be hurt to find out, like giving giving Piper the fake poison or the mm. fake cure. Yeah. I like, what the fuck could he have told Hazel to make her go along with this? I guess just probably he had a good plan, right? Like that's I know, I guess I'm just, I'm curious, what the fuck could that plan possibly be? Especially since Piper and Hazel are such good friends. They're such good friends, the book keeps telling us that they're such good friends. Yeah, like, why would she ever trick her bestie, Piper? (laughs) I would like these two to, like, hang out and have, like, a a conversation that is, like, rendered properly in the text once before the series ends. It would be good, like, we're not complaining about, like... Oh man, doesn't it suck that Frank and Nico never have a good conversation? But like, the, the book doesn't go out of its way to say that like they're best friends, right? Exactly. Yeah. Ah, uh, Rick Riordan, you need to you need to make this one right before the end of the series, please.
So anything else you want to talk about today, Jane? I, I've just like, Apollo's such a fucking drama queen also uh-huh. is one of the other reasons. Cause he's, he's such a shit, but the fact that he's a drama queen makes him so entertaining to watch. Like, let me, let me find it. Oh, Apollo bit his godly lip. Well, I don't actually have the physician's cure. I thought you were the god of medicine. Yes, but I'm the god of many things. Poetry, music, the Delphic Oracle. He broke into a sob and covered his mouth with his fist. Sorry, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> and he's just like, he's bursting into tears from just saying random things. Just like anything that reminds him of how shit things are at the minute. And they're like immediately recovering and moving on. He's the ultra drama queen. He, I... <laughs> I like this because, like, half of the things he's saying, you can read and, like, immediately get the the fact that he is, like, half singing everything he's saying. In, oh, like, definitely. The world's most annoying way. He's definitely, everything he's saying, he is, like, trying to, like, quietly check it to see if it would work as, like, uh, lyrics in his next SoundCloud rap. In his, yeah, in his, in his newest, like, emo album that he's dropping soon. And his, his newest haiku, which we are not subjected to any of Apollo's haikus, because Percy specifically tells them to not fucking ask him about them. It's awesome. I love this. I love this callback. I, lo- I, lo- I don't know. I, everybody is so sick of his bullshit. Like, Percy is saying this. Artemis is clearly, like, sick of having to be around him. And, like, at the first opportunity when the demigod show up, it's like, I'm gonna go off with these guys now. Bye. God, what a fucker. Ah, God. Uh, also, I, did, I don't think we talked about, um, apparently we have, like, another thing on the ticking clock that will go wrong, which I've seriously lost track of, like, what the fuck we're supposed to be keeping an eye on at this point, which is, like, in 24 hours, the war between the camps will start, which means that, uh, Octavian will use the, the onagers, like, the big catapults, to fucking glass camp Half-Blood, but then after that happens, all the monsters in his army will immediately turn on him and kill him. Wiping out all the demigods for all time, forever. And also then Gaia will rise. And also other stuff I think will happen. I don't know. These books are so long. Yeah, I that's actually really important. We didn't bring that up at all. But, like, this is... We've kind of begun to understand, like, this is the, Gaia's ultimate plan. Just make the demigods destroy each other fully. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this is presented as, like, one of the big revelations of the chapters. Uh, I... Leo just be, this is the part where Leo is like the Onages, what does that mean? They should be called the Valde they should be called the Valde- Um <laughs> and his his like absolute flippancy toward this is really funny to me because like yeah, this is just kind of another thing like it's the same thing, but just kind of more stuff being added on to what we already know is the stakes. Yeah, I Leo Leo I think is like fast approaching his nihilism era. <laughs> I let me propose something to you. Uh-huh. Leo says at the end of this, like, he says, he sets the course for Ogigia and says, I will get back to you. Like, I swear it on the River Styx. Mm. Is he going to take his body back to, like, is he going to bring his body back to Calypso? Like, have Festus do that? <laughs> because he doesn't uh. say, like, I'll re- like, I'll rescue you. He says, I will get back to you. I just, I, you've given me this glorious mental image of like, you know, when like a cat brings you a dead bird or something and just like drops it on your carpet and looks up at you like it's uh-huh. like, is really proud of itself. Like Festus doing that with Leo's corpse and then just like looking expectantly at Calypso for like a pat on the head or something. Oh my God. <laughs> I, well, with that image, I think it's time we wrap it up. Oh. <laughs> uh. Our intro and outro is Super Mario Ocean by Space Pony. You can find that at OC Remix. Our cover is by Vera at Innsmouth underscore in on Twitter. We are hosted by the Moonshot Podcast Network. You can find us at moonshotpods.com or goodfuckingpodcast.com. We've got everything from shows about emo culture all the way to uh, deciding what the best Pokemon is. If you want to find us, you can go to Twitter, cohosttumblr.com. Uh, we're on Unwise Girls on all of those. And we will have links to our socials, social media updates uh, when episodes come out. Um, we will have links to our email, our Discord server, our Discord server, <laughs> everything you could possibly want. And if you want to support us, you can leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can tell a friend about us. That one always really helps. Uh, you know, you can 
plug us on your social media if you want to say, hey, you know what I like? It's Unwise Girls. Or you can go uh, and support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash unwisegirls. For $1 a month, you get the Discord role of Camp Counselor. For $3 a month, you get the Discord role of a Friend of Bacchus, as well as all of our bonus content. Uh, we are continuing to read through the Homestuck epilogues on the bonus show, uh, and surprisingly, given the reputation that these have, we're, we're really enjoying them so far. So I guess if you if you want to listen to two people say like nice things about the Homestuck epilogues for once, uh, give us a listen. And for $5 a month, you get the Discord roll of Venus has chosen all of our bonus content and a special thank you at the end of every episode. Speaking of which, this week we'd like to thank I Love Sammy's Great, Danny, Tanner, and Brie. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Uh, we forgot to do not assist that. Fuck me. Uh, Jason... Glasses make you gay. <laughs> uh, my pick is uh, Aslepius. Uh, I think it's it's a surprisingly common thing in media for like the rich parents of uh, uh, like queer people to just like send them off somewhere where they can just like work in isolation. Uh huh. I yeah. say that, I say it's common. It's pretty much only happened in black sales, and now this. Uh, also, Christ, <laughs> I, I also want to give a shout out to Apollo who is serving nothing. Uh, <laughs> fucking little bisexual freak, just absolutely giving us, giving the audience no thing at all. And as we always say at the end of every single episode. See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. See you next week, Camp Half-Blood. Bye. Journey to distant realms. Explore the furthest reaches of the universe. Survive deadly dangers. Experience matters of the heart. And more in a new actual play podcast. Join me, Audrey. That's right, just me, as I play tabletop games designed for one player. From journaling games to tarot games to even games that take me outside, I'm bringing you along for the ride. Join me for every episode of Alone at the Table.